the idea of taking responsibility often seems to us like an extra burden. Um, you're already struggling. You know, whatever you're thinking of when we're talking about this is already difficult. And then add to that. Now I have to, you know, you think I have to like whip myself for like all the terrible things I've done or like where I've abdicated responsibility or, you know, take this inventory of where I'm where I need to be doing more or where I didn't do things right. Um, and that certainly is one way that you could think about it. But if we can learn to reframe that in a hopeful way, that makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Welcome to Restoration Matters, where we have conversations around restoring relationships with God and others. I'm Craig Thompson from Rockside Ranch with Scott Lemkeman and Nick Raymeyer. What up? Hey. Hey, guys. So today we are talking about taking responsibility. And uh, we're really going to build on last week's episode, which was all about building trust. And one of the best ways to build trust is to be willing to take responsibility for something and own something in the relationship that either needs to be improved or about ourselves that we can do better or try to change. So, um, yeah, when we're talking about taking responsibility today for this conversation, what are we really talking about, Scott? Yeah, so I think the definition I'm going to work off of and we're going to work off of is responsibility is owning what is yours. Um, and that could mean different things. Um, it could mean uh, owning what is yours as far as your role, where where it's on you to act, your sphere of responsibility. Um, and it could also mean owning what's yours as in things that you've done in the past that have hurt or um, that where you've done wrong in the past and sort of owning like, yes, that was me. I did that. Um, that was something that um, is my responsibility. So there's two different ways that you can think of it, at least two different ways. Um, and both of them intersect and overlap because when we abdicate our roles, we are also doing those around us wrong and um, not entering into where we're supposed to enter into. So it's kind of a, yeah, maybe a two pronged definition of responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. Even when you were just saying that right now, it kind of makes me think too, that knowing what is our responsibility also helps us to, to define what is not our responsibility. And so really trying to understand where that boundary line is and not step over that into an area that is someone else's responsibility. Right. We can kind of get more into that later. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, maybe some examples would help. Um, so a humorous example, if let's say you're driving a car and then you usually have, if you don't know where you're going, you have someone who's navigating, right? They'll pull up the maps app and they're supposed to be telling you where to turn, um, when to turn, when it's, what's coming up. Um, and I've been in the situation many times, you guys probably have too, where the map person is too busy picking music or talking, and then you get one of these, oh, you're supposed to turn right back there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, They've abdicated their responsibility as the map person. Mm. Um, or you know, a more significant example for some of our lives would be if you're a parent, that comes with a whole range of responsibilities where you are, you're to act, um, where you are uh, you know, responsible for taking care of them, providing for them. You're responsible for really taking initiative in their growth, um, especially as they're younger, um, and having difficult conversations with them, encouraging them, disciplining them, providing them with ways to grow. Um, all of that is in your sphere of responsibility. Um, and then in any relationship, um, you know, if you're a parent and you do something that is, you know, you lose your temper with your kid, mm -hmm. well, your responsibility then shading more into the where you've done wrong is to own that and say, you know, I lost my temper. That's mm -hmm. on me. Whatever else happened, that was on me. Yeah. So taking responsibility is one, taking responsibility for your role in a relationship. Yeah. And then two, taking responsibility for a fault. Yeah. Something that you could have done better that you realize I 
should have said that differently or maybe I shouldn't have done that. You're right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so when thinking about responsibility, it feels at, at first, it kind of feels um, intimidating because there's just in doing that and taking responsibility, you are, you're opening yourself up and being vulnerable. Um, but the, I think one of the hopeful ways of looking at taking responsibility is that it's really empowering because in a relationship, I don't really have any control over the other person. All the, the only thing that I have control over is, is how I'm acting, what I'm saying, what I'm doing. And to, to neglect, uh, to take responsibility both for future actions and past actions for future words and past words, that's really surrendering you know the 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 thing that you have the most control over to to help make the situation better Mm. yeah so we must be responsible for our reaction to the person and our words and our emotions everything that we're experiencing that is in our court our realm our boundaries of hey this is this is what i can do in this situation i can't i can't control how they responded i can't change what they did but what i can do is choose my response and i can I can hear my emotions and choose my response to them. Sometimes we can't always choose our emotions, right? Sometimes whatever is said is said and it comes at us like a hurricane, like a wave and we're like, whoa, man, yeah. you know, but in that moment, there's a, there's a moment for a brief pause and a, okay, how am I going to choose to respond? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And I like, I think Craig, like you said, reframing, taking responsibility is really important mm-hmm. um, because it does often come across, Come, you know, the idea of taking responsibility often seems to us like an extra burden. Um, you're already struggling. You know, whatever you're thinking of when we're talking about this is already difficult. And then add to that. Now I have to, you know, you think I have to like whip myself for like all the terrible things I've done or like where I've abdicated responsibility or, you know, take this inventory of where I'm where I need to be doing more or where I didn't do things right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that certainly is one way that you could think about it. But if we can learn to reframe that in a hopeful way. That makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just like you were saying, reframing it to not where's like, where did I screw up? But where do I have influence? Mm-hmm. Um, where can I make a difference? Where can I change something? Yeah. Um, this, you know, if you're in a difficult relationship um, or a difficult, difficult situation, um, it can feel like things are totally out of control. It's just chaotic. You don't know who's responsible for what. You don't know who can do what. People are telling other people that they should be doing this or that, Mm -hmm. and there's not agreement on that. So clearly outlining the areas that I'm responsible for and the areas that I'm not responsible for can be very, well, it's very clarifying, which is one of our seven foundations. Mm -hmm. And it is a a much more hopeful way to look at it because, oh, I see what I can do, and now this is somewhere that I can make a difference. I want this to be better. And this is where I can do that. Yeah. It's no longer something you can't change yeah. or that's just happening to you and you're a victim to it. It's instead you actually have control and that's super hopeful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's good. Not being a, it's, you're no longer a victim when you outline your responsibilities. Mm-hmm. It yeah. means yeah, responsibility suggests hope and change or yeah. is indicative of hope and change. Yeah. So there's so many different components of taking responsibility because there there's really so much that we have responsibility for in a given interaction just just one single interaction we have so much that we can take responsibility for and so that like kind of like i was saying earlier was is is very empowering to realize okay 
I have agency. I have impact to to take responsibility for what time of day I'm bringing this topic up. What uh, the the other person you know might be feeling prior to to this conversation and and paying attention to that before bringing that up. Listening to how that person is is communicating about their day or the season of life that they're in or, or whatever it is and taking responsibility for how I'm going to engage based on that. Um, thinking even about the setting that we're going to be in for that conversation. Um, there's so much that can be easily overlooked or taken for granted that we have responsibility in to really, to really set the stage for the best possible outcome when it comes to the conversation that you're getting ready to have. Mm. And that's really talking about the present tense responsibility, not, mm. not necessarily the, the past tense. Right. Yeah. So we must take responsibility and there's ways in which, right. There's tact that comes with that and taking responsibility. Cause once you've chosen to do that, once you've chosen to see, Oh, there's change, there's hope I can change things. The question then is, okay, well, how, mm-hmm. how do I, how do I go about change? How, how does this action look when it's mm. played out? What do I say? How do I say it? Um, what are some of the things that I need to be paying attention to that are going to help me um, take responsibility well? Because I think we can take responsibility well, or, or maybe not well, but we can take responsibility in a way that's effective and in a way that is less effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's easy to to try to force the other person to change or force the other person to say, meet me at where I want to meet. And, and so... Right by, now. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, or, you know, I don't want to have this conversation right now. So meet me when I want to meet next week, or maybe I never want to have this conversation. And so it's really easy to, to try to force the other person to change and to, to require that they meet you when in a place where you're comfortable. Um, and I think that that's just a, a huge part of taking responsibility is to say, no, if I genuinely want this relationship to be restored, I'm willing to to go to you. I'm willing to, to say, when is it good for you to have this conversation? When, uh, and where and how would we best restore a relationship? It's no longer about winning or losing. It's about, it's about pursuit of restoration. Right. And I think that's huge. And one of the, you know, great benefits of taking responsibility and making that really a reactive impulse almost to when things are wrong, say like, wait, wait a second, things are going wrong. Where can I take responsibility? Yeah. Um, because it does change the framework from that sort of trying to win or um, really a, a military like battle framework of mm-hmm. like me versus you, one of us wins, um, you know, it's all or nothing. And it, and it reshapes that and it reshapes it for them and it reshapes it for you into, no, we both care about this relationship or we all care about this situation or this relationship. And, we're working together to make it better. And I'm, and we're all individually and I'm most concerned obviously with myself first, we're all going to own what is ours. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, yeah, that totally changes the dynamic that really gets at um, the, the foundation, one of the seven foundations of position. Mm-hmm. It changes your position from that oppositional. I win, you lose um, to we're all in this together and we're all working on it together. Um, and, it makes a huge difference if when something goes wrong, instead of everybody sort of retreats to their stronghold and then starts assigning blame and like waiting for the other person to make a move, if everybody rushes in to say, I'm sorry I did this or, or I should have done this or, you know, here's where I would like to step in and, 
and and work to make things better. That's it ch- completely changes the dynamic. Yeah. Right. But Scott, what if they don't get it? Like don't get what? what if they don't get what I'm trying to sh- show them and tell them? Mm. You know, I guess we should expect that, right? Because that's the hard that's the hard part about relationship is that you can set the table perfectly in your eyes and it could totally backfire. It could totally go differently. And that's where we have the the responsibility to manage our own response to things not going the way that we thought they would. And so the, the uh, Emerson Egrich, he's the, the pastor who talks about love and respect. He has the whole love and respect book and, and video series and everything else. But he has a quote where he says, my response is my responsibility. Hmm. And I think that's one of the hardest things to take responsibility for, especially in the moment when emotions are high is how I'm responding because my response seems completely justified mm-hmm. based on what you just did. But, but remembering that, that I am still responsible for how I respond, even when I'm hurt, right. even when I'm wronged, even when you didn't do what you said you were going to do, or you broke trust in some way that my response to that is still something that I have to own completely. Right. Like in, in, in the objection, like, oh, well, they're just not going to get the point. Like they're not going to understand. And I think both parties are wanting understanding. And so when one takes the initiative to take responsibility and seeks to understand that other person, then I think mutual understanding will come because then at some point one party needs to be heard. Mm -hmm. And once one party is heard and one, the opposite party, well, not the opposite party, but your teammate, right? Mm -hmm. Hears you out and understands you. I think that's going to immediately change your disposition towards them and say, oh, well, how can I understand you? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and then the question is no longer in the objection is, oh, they're not going to get it. It's, I mean, it's going to relieve that objection. I think that tension is going to be released. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but is you know, we, we don't want to sort of too easily dismiss that fear because it's a, it is a genuine fear. Um, and it could happen, you know. The thought is like, if I take responsibility, if I step in and own something or own my stuff, it's not going to be reciprocated. Yeah, and that could happen, and that's hard. But again, that gets back to the importance of of being very clear about what is your responsibility, because I mean, the goal is ultimately to grow more and more in truly feel feeling and experiencing a kind of freedom once you have owned your responsibility. It doesn't mean that it's not going to be difficult because you know, if it's not reciprocated, then things really aren't going to get better um, in the bigger picture. But at the very least, you can know that you have done what is yours to do. Um, you have owned what is yours to own. And sometimes these things take time. You know, at the, at the end of all of our podcasts, we, we have an encouragement for you to, you know, take the next step, be patient. It takes time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's often the case. Um, and I think that, you know, that fear often gets at a way that this principle can be twisted sometimes. Yeah. Which is, you know, I'm going to take responsibility as a way to kind of leverage the other person into taking responsibility. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes we think they're really like way more at fault here. Um, so I'm just going to like throw out my little thing yeah. and that'll like, you know, do the dominoes to get them to do their thing. Yeah. But that, but if that's, if we slip into that mindset, which is really easy with this, then again, we're right back into the win-lose uh, framework. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's a a huge encouragement to start with prayer, right? Because prayer and self-examination going into any conversation to say, okay, where am I, where am I coming with uh, a a 
an intent that maybe I don't even see in the moment, but am I apologizing to evoke a better apology from, from the other person? Am I, am I coming in and, and am I going to pivot, you know, to say, well, I'm really sorry about this, but you're here, you know, doing this and, and you really need to be, um, you need to, you need to apologize to me. Is there any sort of kind of transaction that I'm expecting with this apology or with taking responsibility? And to ask God to say, show me where I am expecting the other person to do something based upon my own willingness to take responsibility and, and then to, to really drop the second half of that, you know, to just go in saying, I'm only here to take responsibility for my stuff. Best case scenario, they start to take responsibility for their stuff too. Um, but it's not something that, that we can expect or something that we can require really. Mm. Yeah. What, so on that, like in taking responsibility, it sounds like right. Part of it is taking initiative and entering into the relationship in a constructive way. And then the second half is admitting fault. Right. And that usually begins with, and I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Right. So what, what are ways though, that what are ways to ruin an apology? Like how are we, I'm good at this. I think <laughs> I sometimes like to say, I'm sorry, but yeah. you know, it's like, okay, I said, I'm sorry, but let me tell you the rest of what I'm about to say. Cause yeah. it's important. You need to hear it, you know, yeah, which doesn't help ever, you know, but like what would be a counter example to an, I'm sorry, but that would be more constructive. Well, certainly um, the apologizing in a way that's, that's um, not genuine or, you know, apologizing for something that really is, is uh, something that you, you're kind of twisting that apology to even to be a compliment to yourself. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I just work so hard, you know, unlike you, um, you know, or I'm sorry, I just care about this and yeah. I can see that you don't. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so yeah. twisting those apologies or kind of fake apologizing for, for something um, that, you know, we're all tempted to do at times, but, uh, but that's definitely a way to ruin. Yeah. Another, another way, this is, this is, one that's really hard to avoid sometimes if we're not being careful is apologizing for responding to the horrible thing that they did in, you know, in a not perfect way. So, you know, like, I'm really sorry that I got frustrated when you just totally insulted me Yeah, yeah. Uh, or like, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry that I got a little bit upset when you completely were irresponsible and didn't do what you said you were going to do. Yeah. You know, it's like, Okay. <laughs> yeah. You're you're sort of apologizing, but really it's just you're just like lobbing another, you know, grenade at them. Yes. In the form of an apology. Right. So like a, be- a better example, right? It's like, "Oh, I- I'm sorry I yelled at you. I could have totally said that more calmly and mm-hmm. that's my bad." Yeah. You know, I wasn't yeah. being kind. Whoa. Yeah. It's way different than, you know, "I'm sorry, but I've asked you a 100 times." Mhm. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's classic, right? Yeah. I'm sorry, but you said you were going to do yeah. this differently yeah. and you didn't. Yeah. yeah. And part of, I mean, that's all about trust. It's all about, again, it's about like you, the other, you like uh, changing the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not your, that's not your goal. Like that's not what you can do. Like you can, you can do what you can do. And really it's, it's uh, avoiding that is based on trusting that, that the other person will change when it's time and trusting them to God. Um, yeah. and, and just knowing that you can do what you can do and you can't do what you can't do, which just sounds like a silly thing to even say, but it's really hard to, we forget that really easily. Yeah. Another apology that 
really like digs a dagger at me is when I hear, I'm sorry you feel that way. Mm. I'm like, yeah. wait. Yeah. So you're sorry for my emotions? Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Like, that's that's an interesting one too because um, sometimes it feels trapping mm-hmm. when someone else is feeling a way that you didn't intend them to feel by mm-hmm. what you said or did. Right. Um, but yeah, saying it that way, I'm sorry that you feel that way right. is really putting all the responsibility on them. Mm-hmm. Well, you shouldn't feel that way. Right. Yeah. Would it would it be better if it was, I'm sorry I made you feel that way? Would that help? Yeah, I think or yeah, or just like you just taking responsibility, like yeah. yeah, I'm sorry I made you feel that way. And I think being descriptive is helpful and being clear. Yeah. You know, like yeah, taking responsibility for the action that elicited the emotion instead of just yeah and it's in a roundabout way trying to just pass the responsibility card back over to them for yeah. having an emotions and being human yeah you know? I, I almost wonder too if because that can get really tricky because we do use our emotions to manipulate other people mm-hmm. and sometimes people respond emotionally in a way that is very out of line with what's going on um and so it can definitely be very counterproductive to say I'm sorry that you feel that way. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you may be in a situation where the other person is feeling a certain way and you're like, I have no idea how this happened. And so um, I, I wonder if in those situations, instead of, there are times where maybe like desperately trying to find something to apologize for isn't the most helpful thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. And maybe more approaching it like um, saying, you know, acknowledging what they feel and saying yeah. like, like, it seems like this is like, you're really upset. Like, can you, like, I really want to understand why can mm-hmm. you, can you help me understand? Yeah. Um, you know, seek asking them to give you greater understanding and giving them a platform to voice their frustration or anger or sadness. Yeah. Um, because there are times, you know, w- w- this whole episode is about encouraging you to take responsibility, but there are times where taking responsibility is actually not helpful. Um, and, and doesn't lead to more clarity, but ends up just kind of, really confusing everybody about who's responsible for what, you know, you can over, you can be over responsible and take on everything. And then that person, you're really not freeing that person to enter into their responsibility at that point. Yeah, that's helpful. And along those lines too, of just inviting them to share with you what you did that made them feel that way. You know, did I do something that, that, it made you upset. That's a great question. Yeah, that's good. And I think even sometimes when, when Jenna said something like that to me, it kind of helps me to say, you know what? Actually, I'm just kind of frustrated because I had a difficult day. Yeah. Or And so it helps me, but her invitation will help me to say, no, I'm actually misplacing this, you know, this emotion or feeling into this relationship when it doesn't even belong there. Yeah. yeah. I think I think I'm sorry that you feel that way it goes wrong when, when you've done something wrong and you're failing and that's, and you know that you have, but you're failing to admit that you did it. Mm -hmm. And so instead you say, I'm sorry, you feel that way. Instead of saying, I'm sorry, I understand how, what I said, like would make you feel terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, things can get definitely tricky when you're in the middle of something and there's a lot that's been said and Mm -hmm. there's emotions on all sides. And that's where truly take stepping back and, saying like hey things i feel like are getting a little cloudy can we just can we just pause and pray um you know if the other person is somebody that would want to do that or um saying hey can we just pause and pray like i feel like we need more clarity here um -hmm. and when it gets really tricky like that where you're trying to parse out emotions and responses and what triggered what um 
taking us taking a step back and asking God to give a little bit of illumination I think can be helpful yeah yeah the other thing about it and this ties back to the foundation of invite is to to invite them uh, with a question you know to say can I tell you um, what I was intending to say can to basically get permission to take responsibility you know if I mean, how many times have, have I said something that I can tell landed wrong or, Oh, that was that that's not what I expected to have happen or some. And so, so that other person has assumed maybe correctly, maybe incorrectly why I did that. But if it's incorrectly, then to invite them uh, to, to give you permission to share why you did it, you know, so playing that out would be, would be, uh, you know, somebody responds and I can tell that my intention was, was not uh, received in the way that I hoped it would. And so to, to invite them and say, can I, it's, it seems like we got off the wrong foot here, or it seems like um, what I did uh, caused frustration. Um, That wasn't my intention. Can I tell you what I was intending there? Right. And even the receiving party, right. Has the opportunity and this ties into clarity and as one of our foundations, but has the part opportunity to say, Hey, I'm not sure if I heard you correctly. Can, could you say that again? Cause this is what I heard you say. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. And then you have the right information to then respond. Whereas if something came off, they said, Oh, that doesn't sound like them. Like say yeah. you were working on responsibility and you guys have been doing really well. And you, you know, you assume the good thing rather than the bad. And in order to do that, you, you want clarity. So you ask that question and mm-hmm. that helps clarify. Oh, you know, yeah. You weren't trying to dig at me. I just misunderstood what you're saying and interpreted it yeah. wrong. Yeah. Scott, earlier you, you were talking about the battleground or the battle posture position. And, um, and that is for sure, especially in, in relationships that have been strained or tense for some time, that's a, that's a position that is entrenched. Mm-hmm. And so being really, really aware of how, how th- that can play into things and, and going into to that conversation, ready to take responsibility can feel very exposing that, okay, I'm going in ready to kind of lay down arms and to, to not be in a position of fighting, but the other person probably isn't, especially if that's been entrenched for some time. So what if my apology is just going to be used against me? What if my taking responsibility for something is just going to lead to the other person saying, well, it's about time, you know, and then walking away. Um, yeah. How do we prepare for that or respond to it when it, when it happens? I think it is so essential in that moment to pause and, and think, right? Take like what we've been talking about this whole time, take responsibility for, for what you were about to say and how you were about to um, respond. And that will change. I mean, that's like, it's kind of the hinge point, you know, like that's the moment at which you get to choose. I'm either going to respond in kind mm-hmm. or I'm going to respond, take responsibility and respond in a way that um, is going to continue to move this boat, this relationship in the direction. I know we both want it to go, even though at the moment mm-hmm. it's a little muddy because tension's high and, we're in an argument yeah. or, you know, they just use something against me. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, I think kindness is huge in that. And it, um, Proverbs fifteen four comes to mind through all of this, but 
that says gentle words are a tree of life a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit and i think just understanding that the gentleness that having responsibility that you have the opportunity to be gentle and kind in response to something that was hurtful and mean yeah and i think that's that really can could disarm mm. that person um out of out of a genuine place you know yeah. not of a place where you're trying to leverage again but yeah 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 another analogy that just came to mind is that you know, oftentimes tense relationships, it feels like, you know, you're walking into this conversation with a, with a can of gas. And so, you know, if one spark, um, is going to just turn it into a giant explosion. And so really resolving before going into a conversation where you, you can anticipate that happening to say, I'm, I'm not going to bring in this can of gas. I'm going to bring in a jug of water. You know, that's how I'm going to respond and so as many times as that spark is lit, you literally can't mm. explode a jug of water. That's a good word. And so if you are, if, if you're resolved to come in, not with a can of gas in one hand and a jug of water in the other hand, but just with the jug of water, then no matter what kind of a spark flies, it's still going to be extinguished every time by your response. And wouldn't it be easy if that was easy? Yeah, <laughs> it's not easy. But that's the important part of resolving beforehand, like mm-hmm. committing yourself to a certain way of being and speaking, you know, committing yeah. yourself to kindness, committing yourself to gentleness, committing yourself to, um, you know, no matter the cost, no, no matter the arrows that are thrown at you, you know, the fiery words, like even if that person knows all your triggers then they're in a moment where they're just unleashing it, mm-hmm. you know, like having that resolve is, is, I mean, it's key without the resolve. You know, without the prayer involved beforehand, the pausing, you know, like it's not, it's probably not going to go well. Yeah. Because in the moment, it's so easy to just switch into like fight or flight and just to go back into the <clears throat> the crazy circle that you guys are used to operating in or that we all are used to operating in in, in some of our relationships and yeah. and not realize it. But having the role to say, no, I'm not going to jump into that whirlpool when it comes, you know, I'm, I'm choosing now to respond differently. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. Um, it's difficult to not know how the other person will respond yeah. and whether they will use it against you or use that as an opportunity to get another attack in, and especially in a, in a relationship or a situation that's really unhealthy or that has a really long pattern of doing that. When you change things up, that can sort of turn things around immediately, Yeah, but it can also take time. Um, and it is hard uh, because you're opening yourself up. But I think one thing I would say is that it's hard and it is dangerous, but it's also the only way that it's going to get better. Yeah. Because if you keep fighting, then it's just an ongoing battle for, you know, forever. And, and you know that, you know, you're, you're, you're thinking of a situation and that is, it's not, it doesn't feel like it's getting better. Um, and you have to try something different. And the, the way of owning your own stuff, of, of going over the top and, sh- and giving grace, of being willing to be, um, you know, have people take shots at you mm-hmm. because you may open up a vulnerability, um, that's hard, but that is, that is the way that people are transformed in a really deep way. Yeah. Um, and it does, it does have an effect, but sometimes it takes time and people don't see it right away. That's the way of Christ, right? Yeah. Like that's, and if you're a Christian... I mean, what a, what a beautiful way that you get to participate with Christ um, as he suffered, you know, ridicule, um, 
and desertion from friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just a really special thing that you get to participate in when you choose to resolve to follow the way of grace, mm-hmm. like Scott was saying. Yeah. And, I you know, I want to be clear, and this is not what we're talking about right now, but there's definitely a point where, um, where, where you need to, to go into a different strategy if you have an ongoing, repeated, just resistance to the other person, uh, on, on the part of the other person, uh, continuously taking advantage of and not really being responsive to the ways that you're showing them grace, um, that does shade into relationships that get abusive mm-hmm. emotionally and more. Um, and so I, I understand, you know, some of you might be thinking that like, well, you know, I'm just supposed to be walked all over by this person and just like subject myself to their attacks because I'm being gracious. Um, there that that is i just want to say i acknowledge that but that is a particular type of relationship when things are you know incredibly dysfunctional that is important to talk about but that's that's kind of not what we're talking about right now yeah yeah that's a good good point to be made yeah uh at a certain point the relationship is at such a level of unhealth that you are now taking responsibility for that which is not your responsibility um yeah. and that is not that's not actually it's it's not that you're saying like I'm not going to let you you know it's it's not a selfish move to say I'm no longer going to be absorbing your responsibility. Um, it's a loving move for that other person to say you know at this point you're not you're not committed at all mm-hmm. to this relationship. Um, we're not we're not engaging in a relationship on terms that are loving to either one of us. And so there are times where where you would step back from that and say we need to we need to reengage when you are ready to do that. Mm -hmm. And if you, I mean, this goes without saying, but if you are in an emotionally or physically abusive relationship, you know, it it is best to reach out and have someone from the outside come and and help you because sometimes it's often hard to see clearly when you're in those situations. And yeah, like Scott was saying, this isn't a, um, this isn't a justify, this, we're not giving you a means to justify staying in and continue to take responsibility for that other person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So just to, you know, to reiterate or reemphasize that, that understanding what is my responsibility and understanding what is not my responsibility is so important. And there's there, as we talked about before, there's my responsibility, there's their responsibility, and then there's God's responsibility. And so really trying to identify, you know, in that relationship, where am I overstepping my bounds? And Anytime that that I overstep my bounds into someone else's area of responsibility, then there's going to be an increase of conflict or tension because, you know, similar to the driving example you gave earlier, Scott, you know, um, if I'm the guy in the passenger seat and and I'm saying constantly, you know, hey, uh, make sure to turn your turn signal on a little bit earlier next time. You know, uh, you could have turned right there, but I guess we'll get on the next one or whatever it is. Then all of a sudden it's like, that's my responsibility. You know, I'm the one who's, who's driving. And, uh, so let me do my part and you do yours. And so, so recognizing where that line is and we're going to overstep, you know, uh, often. And then that's just another time to take responsibility and to say, oh, you know what? I'm sorry. That wasn't, that, that's not really my, uh, my area to influencer or or I shouldn't have said that and that kind of leads us to the the other um, objection or or feeling that um, that 
whenever we're talking about these little issues in the moment, taking responsibility for these little issues, um, it's really easy to think, well, this is distracting from the main issue, you know? So if I'm saying, if I'm going to take responsibility for the setting or the time of day, or if I'm going to, um, if I'm going to apologize for bringing up a conversation when I, I could have done a better job of realizing it wasn't the right time, then that really distracts from the main issue. And so help, help me understand, you know, why does taking responsibility in that moment actually help, even though it might seem like it's distracting from, from the main issue? I mean, I, th- I think going back to something that we've said is um, patience. You're playing the long game, you know. Really, these, these types of things take time, and what you're doing in taking responsibility is you're modeling a completely new way to engage with that other person. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and it might not have a huge effect at first, um, but, it, but it's going to have an effect over time um, when that person notices, like, hey, this person isn't, they're no longer rushing in to accuse me. They're no longer rushing in to blame me. They, it, it, and they won't even necessarily understand exactly what's happening, but it'll start to have an effect um, where, where, where they're going to be more inclined to start owning up to things. Um, but, it, but it might mean for the time you don't address the big issue. Yeah. Um, but that's okay because, because these big issues take time to address. Yeah. Um, and you're, 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 you have a longer, a longer term view. If you have a longer term view, um, that's going to sustain you through those times where you're like, I'm like apologizing for this little thing. And like, mm-hmm. really the, the, the big thing is what they did. And now I just happen to bring up what they did at the, the not, you know, best time for them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It um, seems, it can seem petty yeah. to even focus or acknowledge the little things. If, if, especially if the big thing is really big. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, you know, we're taking a long-term vision for how this is going to change things up in the relationship as you change the position the dynamic changes mm-hmm. and then things start to shift but it does take time yeah but i don't know what do you guys think yeah i think that it changes the whole tone demeanor it changes everything yeah when when you take responsibility i mean and, and i think it's it's tangible too and it may not be at first for the other person like we've said you know but i think they'll start it just changes the feel mm-hmm. the whole vibe mm-hmm. yeah. yeah 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 i mean this, you know, this happens, well, it should happen more often, but just the other day, um, with, uh, with, with my wife, we, I was, I was, uh, we have some issue with one of our, one of our kids and, um, I was kind of taking a certain, a certain tactic or strategy with kind of dealing with it. And, um, uh, and you know, my, my wife kind of saw that it maybe wasn't the most helpful thing to be doing at the time. And, and she started doing, taking a little bit of a different tactic and I got really frustrated because I, you know, kind of felt undermined. Um, and I got frustrated and kind of walked out. And the next day I, you know, I, I acknowledged, um, I, I thought, you know, Hey, I shouldn't have responded in that way. I shouldn't have gotten that frustrated. And so I, I talked to her and I said, Hey, I'm really sorry for getting frustrated last night. And that was it. I didn't say anything else. And then she came right back and said, you know, I'm really sorry that I, you know, I, I wasn't trying to undermine you. I'm really sorry about that. The whole entire dynamic, because there was kind of a tension, you know, until we had that conversation because it was, you know, we were kind of at odds at that moment and, and I didn't respond super well to it. Um, and the tension completely was released. Mm. And instead of 
turning away from each other, we were now turned towards each other. Yeah. Um, I think of the, the illustration that comes to mind is, you know, if you, if you have two magnets, the, the, there's the positive and the negative side. And if you have the same side, the positive and the positive side turned towards each other, you know, you try to push them together and the magnets just, the magnets just push apart. Mm-hmm. Um, taking responsibility often, the effect of that is essentially turning the magnet around so that it's positive, negative, and then they come together. Yeah. It really makes, I mean, it's the best marriage advice that I can give. I think like if I had to give one piece of advice, I would say, look for and take responsibility mm. without strings attached. It makes a huge, huge difference. Yeah. That's great. That kind of uh, leads into, we have our first audience question. Um, so we got an email with a question that is, uh, I'd love advice on how to apologize to someone specifically how to write a written apology and how to write an apology to own what you did while keeping boundaries and not completely taking all the blame if it wasn't entirely your fault. So this is a fantastic question, um, and it's really what much of the the episode was on. And um, and then you know I think we can do a, a future conversation about specifics of a written apology versus verbal. We've been focusing a lot more on on verbal interactions, um, but yeah, advice on on how to apologize. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is quickly. Um, that like you were just saying, Scott, that that until that apology takes place, those magnets are are opposed to each other, and so you there's there's a tension that cannot be resolved without an apology. Time can help, but but uh, time time can help kind of um, make the issue seem less of a big deal, but that tension will never really resolve until uh, until you turn and actually apologize yeah what comes to mind for me is this may be a me problem but i like a lot of fluff when i write i've struggled to get rid of the fluff but i would say don't start with a bunch of fluff i would say kind of start the letter with the immediacy of like what you're going to talk about and and apologizing you know and um do it sincerely and and then after that you know you could add add more but i would say when you're starting to write that letter definitely start it out with you know an apology like hey i'm you know i'm writing this letter to you because i want to apologize yeah you know in the first sentence you've already told them instead of mm-hmm. you know kind of laying on thick with you know fluff or kind words which are yeah. great and not that they're not ingenuine but i think it's best to start with the intent i'm writing this letter to you because i want to apologize yeah you know yes i think that's really good and i, I like the idea of stating your intentions and being really clear about your intentions you know it, not just your intention for the letter or for the apology, but for the dynamic of the relationship. Say something like, you know, my goal is to, in our relationship, for me to own up to um, what is my responsibility. I really want to understand and be clear about, you know, the ways that I am contributing to this not being as healthy and as, you know, vibrant as it could be. Really kind of setting the stage for, how you want that relationship to go and how you want the, the importance of, of you taking responsibility because of what you're, and this kind of gets a little bit to the whole keeping boundaries and not completely taking all the blame um, because that's, that's inviting the other person to think, is that my orientation to this relationship? Mm-hmm. Like, is that something that's important to me? Is that something that I want to do? Is that something that I have been doing? Um, so in being very clear in how you want to approach taking responsibility in that relationship kind of more broadly, 
that your that person is invited to ask the same question and, right. and, and align or not align with that. Yeah, yeah. Focus on how you're taking responsibility for your part, and the other part is kind of what we said is they're going to have an invite to respond, mm-hmm. but also that's a part that you can't control, and that's the hard part about this yeah. is that we would like to not completely take all the blame, and in the letter you're not you're writing you know I'm sorry you know for this this and this and and the rest of it you know, is up to that person to respond. And, and that's hard because, right, we want to control it. And we want to be like, no, 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 well, I didn't do that. You know, yeah. but you're not, you're not talking about the things you didn't do. You're talking about the things you did do, mm-hmm. you know, or the things you left undone. Yeah. And, and so even to ask yourself the question in the moment, it, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but is this a transaction that I'm expecting? Mm-hmm. You know, we've all had that moment where somebody says, uh, I'm going to give you this for free. And then, now, all of a sudden, well, you gave it to me for free, but you really expected me to do something after you gave this to me for free, which it really makes the the gift not free. There was an expectation that came along with it. And so um, to examine examine ourselves before making an apology, before taking responsibility and say, if that person, A, does nothing, or B, comes back with with something that actually makes the relationship worse, am I still willing to take responsibility for this? And if the answer is yes, go forward, right? But going into that into that interaction or into the apology with saying, I am bringing this with no strings attached, with no expectations. I have hope, but I don't have expectations for how you're going to respond. And therefore you can't, meet or fail to meet my expectations and I'm not going to respond um, based upon that. So so to, to apologize quickly, to be direct and to really examine yourself beforehand to say, I'm just apologizing. I'm not, I'm just taking responsibility for my stuff. I'm not bringing in anything else that you've done or any justification for my actions um, hopefully we can have a conversation at some point to clarify um, what was, why maybe that happened. But for right now, it's just about me taking responsibility and, and that's really it. That's good. And to end that, right, it, it's going to take time. Mm-hmm. Like maybe, maybe one written apology was going to, mm-hmm. you know, like Scott said, release the tension and his example but also it may be some writing back and forth, some correspondence. Yeah. 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 So really, I mean, this whole process of taking responsibility, we've kind of said this a little bit already, but just that it takes courage and it takes humility and it takes patience and it takes all of these things um, that we can really easy talk ourselves out of doing because it's hard. But as Scott, I think you said earlier, it's really the the first step to real positive productive change. And I think we'll leave it there for today. So um, just remember that uh, that responsibility is the way that you can actually make a difference. Taking responsibility is uh, is a way that you are are stating that you believe that there is a is hope that there is. Um, that, that you're willing to to make a difference in this relationship. So it's a really good place to, to invest some time and some thought and some prayer. 
Remember that we would love to hear from you. So if you have a specific situation or a question or if you have a suggestion for a future episode topic, please send us an email. You can find us at podcast at rocksideranch.org, podcast at rocksideranch.org. And uh, we would also love it if you would share with your friends and uh, leave us a review or a rating based on how you enjoy the podcast um, and yeah, spread the word. With that, um, just remember that restoration is a process. It takes time. It is worth it. And uh, every moment that you invest into these relationships with, um, with an intention of restoration is, is really worth our time. So thanks for being with us today, and we will see you next week.